If I'm anywhere and someone says, hey, have you got a sound effect of a tree falling in Nepal or something? I just get on my phone and look through Dropbox and I go, oh, I've got, I've got six. Your work process is quite evolutionary. You kept on adding like loads more things in when I thought you were finished. I'm pretty sneaky, yeah. Like it's more like you know, painting a wall or doing a, an oil painting or something. Like you can't just do it and send it. You kind of go to work on layers. It's never finished, I think, but you get closer and closer to like, I'm happy with this. Hi, my name is Man Peralta. I'm a sound designer, composer, who's worked on lots of podcasts. Today I'm going to give you a masterclass in sound design and audio. Hello and welcome to season two of the Masterclass podcast. I'm Louisa Lim and I teach audio journalism and podcasting at the University of Melbourne. Every episode, we're going to have a master of podcasting talking about one aspect of the craft. This week, we're talking sound design with Martin Peralta. He's a Walkley Award winner, and he's designed the distinctive sound of a number of podcasts, including Stuff the British Stole, Trace, Unravel, Science Versus, Cheat and Ghostgate Road. Martin, let's start with the basics. How early in the process do you need to start thinking about sound design? It's always different, and each project has different requirements. Some people know exactly what they want, and you kind of have to either meet that or, you know, surprise them with something else. It's never right the first time either. Like, sometimes it takes a few goes to get it right. I do like to try new things every project. Find some new style of music or new sound effects or some new sort of recording thing that you learnt about on the internet and try it out. I think that's the best way to learn new new skills. We've just worked together on a project and when we started you said you really only had one question. You said it wasn't so much about content but the feel of the podcast and I wanted you to talk through how you go about creating a feel for a podcast. Maybe let's do it with an example. Shall I pay um, a bit of season two of Trace by the ABC reporter Rachel Brown and then you can talk through how you created the sound, the feel. For those of you who don't know, it's about a lawyer turned police informer called Nicola Gobbo. Nicola Gobbo has been portrayed as a legal temptress. Long blonde hair, low cut top, big breast, <laughs> very short miniskirt. A siren who double-crossed people and left a trail of destruction. She's been spoken about and reported on endlessly. But hardly anyone has spoken to her. Nicola Gobbo, Lawyer X, Informer 3838. You've been painted in the press as psychologically unhinged, desperate for attention, seduced by the underworld, a dog, promiscuous, you know, sleeping with clients um, and police, um, partying with clients, snorting coke with them, a puppeteer that's brought Victoria's legal system to its knees. Have I missed anything? Um, killing um, Princess Diana. I haven't been labelled that one yet, but it's come. The interview we've secured with Nicola Gobbo is the only one she's done since going into hiding. Maybe the only one she'll ever do. 
My colleague Josie and I finally have a shot at getting to the bottom of one of the biggest scandals in the history of Victoria's justice system. I want to know what really makes a lawyer become an informer. What made Nicola Gobbo want to risk her reputation, her career, even her life, to feed information to the police? And how was she allowed to do it, or even encouraged to do it? Did the very organisation entrusted to uphold the law, the police force, end up spectacularly undermining it? In this podcast, I'm going to find out. This is episode one, Nicola. So it's super dramatic, really kind of highly paced, high stakes, tense music. I mean, how did you build that mood? So this is season two and I'd written all the music or most of the music actually uh, for season one, including the theme. So season two, I had to sort of rework the theme. Uh, Season one was a completely different story and it was a pretty sad story. This was a bit more baddies and cocaine and murders and things like that. So I couldn't use the same theme. So I had to sort of rewrite it. But this was in production during the first big lockdown. So I was in my bedroom, which was also my kids' room, which was also my studio and everything all in one. I didn't have any toys or anything to play with, so I had to rely on artificial intelligence, like music composing tools to give me some ideas because I was a bit hard to come up with great stuff when everything is so crazy. And I also uh, I have a a synth group on Facebook and I called out to some of those people to help out with some of the music. So I kind of got all of that and then worked with everything. But I knew that it had to be more cliche crime, you know, more energetic music. And the sounds, it, it wasn't so much... I mean, I would have to rely more on the music than sound effects for this one because it was less about... A journey of someone like it wasn't so much one person's journey to somewhere or a discovery sort of story it was more about all these people's stories sort of coming together maybe we should listen to another example this is a podcast uh about cheating uh called cheat i mean i think it's an interesting example because the mood really isn't as clear from the material uh, I think, you know, your input in setting the mood is, is, is uh, much larger. So let's, let's listen. Have you ever wondered about those people in life who don't play by the rules? Maybe it was the person who looked over your shoulder in that exam. The person who got the job instead of you because they lied on their application. Or that nice fellow on the phone who said he was from the bank and ended up taking all of your money. We have a name for these people. We call them cheats. He is a racist, he is a con man, and he is a cheat. All of them knowingly conspired to help their children either cheat on the SAT or ACT. You cheated and you didn't earn it. They seem to be everywhere. People who cheat the system. Large-scale cheats. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. Social media cheats. As a society, we're fascinated by them. We read about them in the paper and watch news stories about them on TV. We marvel at their rise, their audacity, and then we take a weird pleasure in their fall. It's been my life, and I hope it can be again. I'm sorry, and I'm absolutely devastated. 
But what we hardly ever do is stop to ask, what makes these people, these cheats, cheat? I mean, that one is such a different kind of mood. How did you, how did you decide how, how, how to score that? That's with a UK and a New York sort of production team. So, like, I worked all night last night. I got to bed at, well, I got to bed about 6am today. So, you know, it's working with different timelines, different people. Everyone has a sort of input on what they think is, is right for the episode. Each episode has a different producer. You know, so a producer will put it together and will put in some music ideas. Each episode has is a different topic as well. So each one can have its own sort of feel or its own individual sort of sound. You know, as long as it keeps within the main, the main sound. Then, I mean, what we just heard was just the music. With the music, what's really fun, at least for this podcast, is trying to make the script land with the music. So the beats work with the music. So it all sort of feels like a song. So, you know, the end of your line, whatever it may be, or the beats within your script have to work with the beats and the music. It can't just end wherever it ends or it can't just start wherever it starts. So wherever music starts, ends, or builds, crescendos, whatever, all of that is really worked on. It can't just be anywhere. So that's that's fun with the music to this podcast. Where others sort of use music more as just a bed. In this one, we really try and make it work, you know, like hand in hand with the script. And I mean, how much music is too much music when it comes to scoring podcasts? Yeah, that's like the one I worked on last night. It had too much. I think it's just up to you, but if you think it's too much, then it's too much. And if you think it needs more, it needs more. I don't think there's a rule. But if it becomes distracting, I'd say there's too much. One thing with music is if you can get, instead of getting a full song, sometimes all you need is like just a guitar or just drums. You don't need 10 different things. Like that sounds great as a piece of music, but once you put it into a podcast, it takes up all of the sound and it gets distracting because there's too much going on. Ideally, you have music which isn't too good as well. Like (laughs) you've got like slightly boring music and you're like, this isn't great music. But once you put it in to your podcast, you know, it gets elevated because you've got your your content in it, you know, your story. So I guess what I'm saying is don't look for music that's too good. Look for music that's a little bit, that's a bit empty or something that needs something sort of to finish it. So so where, where do you go to look for this spare, not very good yeah, music? That's me. That's me. That's, <laughs> I'm a horrible musician, so it's perfect for me. But I mean, how often do you write music? How often do you get it from music libraries? And which music libraries do you, you know, do you, do you go it's to? Usually, it usually comes down to time. Like if you have only one day to do something, uh, you, you obviously can't write all the music for it. If you also aren't getting paid much or it's not your sort of world of music, you can't exactly, like I can't write orchestral music. I just... You know, I have no idea how to write that well. I've tried and it sounds really bad. So I would rely on music library for that or ask a friend or someone who has an album or something that's already made that I know would work. Because sometimes working with short deadline, you don't have time to experiment. So like with Trace, that's where I did the the call out to, to friends that I knew um, would be really good. I can't remember how many episodes, but it was about 
maybe eight episodes and 40 minutes each. So it's like a TV miniseries to write music for all of that is takes a long time. So yeah, each one is different. And I think you have to pick your passion projects as well. So if you really like something, put your time in that one rather than, you know, the one that might be like if you've got a big project, like it's paying you very well, but you're really passionate about your personal project, I'd say focus on your personal one and maybe rely on music library for the other one. But it's up to you. And what is your view on binaural audio? You know, where it sounds different in each ear. Is that something that you think people should get across or is it something you don't really need? Yeah, oh, I'm currently mixing something for Audible. It's a true crime podcast. And I've I decided to sort of go like all in on the binaural thing because it is set in the Gulf of Carpentaria and there's a lot of natural sounds but it's very hard to capture those environmental sounds like the animals and the wind and the you know all of those things yeah it's very hard and very time consuming so the reporters producers who went to record obviously weren't able to get that so I decided to try using binaural and sort of surround sound audio recordings in the mix to try and fill out the you know the left and right headphones so it sounds more immersive it's obviously not something you need to do but if there's a lot of natural sound like you're trying to make it sound real it is good to try and use the left and right speakers sort of not individually but try and put information and pan it around so it sounds real rather than just like one or two sound effects that you just put stereo try and pan them left and right and middle and you can set ones you know further back and forward in the mix using um, particular plugins and there are some plugins that you can use that will simulate a room so if say for example you're in a cafe you could put in the sound of people chairs the coffee machine glasses all of those things and pan them left and right and then use this plug-in on top to make it sound like like you're actually in the room, like those sounds are bouncing around the cafe environment. That sounds like so much work. I mean, is it multiples more work? Oh, yeah, yeah, it takes a long time, but it's a lot faster than going to a cafe and recording it. You know, it can take a couple of hours, but, you know, just going to a cafe would take you a couple of hours. It's time-consuming, but it's obviously... You save time by doing it that way. And I noticed that your work process is quite evolutionary. You kept on adding like loads more things in when I thought you were finished. And when I listened back, there were like loads of things that I hadn't noticed were there. I mean, how do you know when you're done? I'm pretty sneaky. Yeah, like it's more like yeah, painting a wall or doing a, an oil painting or something. Like you can't just do it and send it. You kind of got to work on layers. So... Yeah, what you decide is the first layer is up to you and where you want to end up is up to you. But it it's it takes a lot of hours to finish a podcast. So generally it's like improving what's there. So if there's any problems with, you know, things are like too noisy or it needs particular audio, I would do that first so that the first listen at least has all the major parts in it. And obviously I'd put in music that the music might not be final. It's just, this is what I think works. 
and sound effects, which would be like, I think this works here, here, and here. And then the next pass would be more sound effects, take into whatever feedback you got from the producer or your team. You would action all of that, improve everything, work on the EQ and the compression and everything. And then that's the next pass. And then the next pass again, more and more and more. And each time you're sort of refining everything and sort of improving, you know, like the recipe or whatever it is to sort of, you know, come to the best version of the, the audio. It's never finished, I think, but you get closer and closer to like, I'm happy with this. I just want to ask you for two top tips on sound design. Um, I'd say one is use your phone to record. A lot of the stuff I've worked on, I've used recordings off my phone where, you know, I need keyboard typing or a baby crying or something I can, I've got recorded on my phone. Um, you know, iPhones, or well, at least, you know, if you have an iPhone, I find are really actually quite good. And if you know how to work with the quality of the phone, um, you can use it to record so many things. And I'd say record just to record, like don't, you don't have to have like a purpose to record. Like if you, if something's happening and you're like, oh, that's a cool sound, just record it, save it. I uh, upload them all to my Dropbox. So there's a little folder in my Dropbox. So they all sort of sync up to there. And I actually have all my sound effects in Dropbox. So if I'm anywhere and someone says, hey, have you got an effect, a sound effect of, I don't know, a tree falling in Nepal or something, I just get on my phone and look through Dropbox and I go, oh, I've got, I've got six. Um, and I can just send them straight away. I don't have to rely on a hard drive. So phone, use your phone. It's, it's, it's really handy. And I think the other one would be to, I think, like I said before, if you've sort of seen something on the internet or read something or some little audio trick and you think, I want to try that out, then definitely do, like, give it a go. And each project, just try something new, no matter how small it is. And over the years, you sort of build up, I guess it's like exercise. That was Martin Peralta. The Masterclass is produced by Andy Hazel and myself and edited by Andy Hazel. The original concept is by Anders Furs. Our theme tune is by Susie Wilkins. And it's all brought to you by the Centre for Advancing Journalism at the University of Melbourne.